Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to study the second half of the Prophet Ezekiel chapter 14. That would be the Navi Yechezkel, Perak Yodalit, starting from verse 12 until the end of the chapter. In the first chapter, we discussed the punishment of the false prophets, the insincere prophets, the people who... who um, who come to hear the word of God but have insincerity in their heart and those that lead them astray by telling them what they want to hear rather than what God wants them to hear and the punishment of those individuals. Today we are going to study the punishment of the people of Jerusalem. However, from the angle of is it possible, is anyone going to get away? The question that seems to be obvious from the the response of Ezekiel, it would seem that he's being asked by the people, can anyone get out of this? Will anyone be saved? And Ezekiel gives them the following response, of course, from God. So Ezekiel says, The word of God to me was as follows. And clearly he's saying this to the people in response to their inquiries. Ben Adam, human being. So this is how God spoke to me, and Ezekiel is relaying this to the people. Eretz, when a land, when it sins to me and rebels against me in a rebellious way, that's a double a repetition of lim ol ma'al. And then I stretch my arm out against it. And I... This literally means, and I break its staff of bread, would be the literal translation. Bread referring to food in general. Bread as being the quintessential food which people live on. The mate is a stick that upholds and supports it. And by breaking the stick of bread, that means I put them through hunger. So he says here that the land sinned to me. This is a curious language. And then he says, And then I, God says, will send hunger to that land. And by sending hunger, I will cut off from that land human beings and animals. Now this is, seems indiscriminate. The animals, how did the animals sin? However, when God destroys the land, when the land itself sins to me, then it is and human beings and all those along with the human beings, such as the animals, will also suffer. But what does this mean, the land, when it sins to me? There's the commentaries discuss what is how, how exactly does the land sin? There's a lot of ways to understand that. One is, of course, that the people did not observe the laws of the land, meaning they did not leave over a portion of the field for the poor, they did not give tithes to the poor, they did not give their proper uh, portions, they did not leave the leftover grapes or the gleanings and so on, as the Torah says, we need to leave for others. However, I believe that, especially looking at the context, the idea here is, is that the, the, when we talk about the land, he's referring to the entire culture of the people. God was patient with the people for hundreds of years, as long as the culture was such that there was still a possibility that they can turn around, there was still a possibility that somehow there was still some good left enough that maybe the good will outweigh the bad and the people will repent, the people will come back to God and then the people will start acting well. And we see there were times when it started to lean a little bit in the right direction from the history 
of the of the t- period of the first temple. However, at this point, it had come to a point where there was no more hope. The, it was so thoroughly ingrained. The evil, the corruption was so thoroughly ingrained in the culture that it was like in the land. So therefore, God said, that's the reason for the indiscriminate destruction. I need to uproot the entire culture. And so much so that even though there may be some scattered righteous people within that culture, I still need to destroy it. And I will not save the culture because of those few righteous people. Those few righteous people cannot anymore try to influence the others and bring them back. This is verse 14. Even if the following three men were within that city, Jerusalem, within that culture, within that people, Noah, Noah himself, Daniel, Daniel, Eov, and Job, and Job, um, they themselves may be able to save themselves with righteousness. They can save themselves. However, verse 15, However, I am still going to send the, the, uh, the ferocious animals against the land, and the land will lose its inhabitants, lose its people. It will be desolate with no one passing there. Because of the ferocious beasts, I will send against it. These three men, this is verse 16, that are within it. I swear, God Himself says, They won't even save the children of that society. Rather, they may save themselves. I may save a few righteous people, but the land itself, the entire culture, including the innocent, including children, including animals, will suffer for it. Now, it's interesting that Ezekiel chose these three people, whereas Jeremiah in chapter 15, in a similar verse where he was also uh, uh, over there discussing the, um, the, the coming uh, destruction, and God says there um, in chapter 15, verse... One as follows. Vayomer Adonai Eli, God said to me, Moshe Ushmuel. If Moshe, Moses, and Shmuel, Samuel were standing Lifanai before me, I will still not desire to keep this nation um, the way it is. Um, get rid of these people, send them away, and send them away from me. And it continues on over there. The next verse, I'm going to read 15.2 soon. But at this point, why is there's there's something about Moses and Samuel that Jeremiah chose them, and there's something about these three: Noah, Daniel, and um, and Job, Eov, uh, Daniel, and uh, Noah, that they each choose those individuals. Moshe and Shmuel, who were chosen by Yirmiyahu by Jeremiah, were the were examples of prophets who actually did at some point in their career have the ability to bring the people around. Moshe did at certain junctures in his career bring the people to come back to God and bring the people to come to, the, to Sinai to listen to the word of God. Samuel at, at Mount Carmel famously brought the people to recognize uh, that Hashem Hu Elohim, that God is the only one, that God is the true God. So they each were able to effect some sort of, of um, 
some sort of uh, of repentance among the people. However, uh, what what Jeremiah was saying that even had you brought those two people in this generation is so corrupt that they can't even be turned around, and therefore Ezekiel says that even if I ha- that the three people Noah, Eov. And Daniel are examples of people that live through destruction, but they only themselves were saved. Now, I'm going to go through each one so that you can understand what I'm saying. Noah, on the level of the entire planet, of the entire known world, he was the righteous one. He was able to save himself and his family while he saw everyone else get destroyed. Daniel lived through, was exiled from Jerusalem. Jerusalem was destroyed, the people were destroyed. However, he only himself was saved. He was a refugee. Whereas Eov, Job, saw his whole family. So that so 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 Noah on the level of the entire world, Daniel, Daniel on the level of the Jewish people and of the nation, and Eov on the level of his family saw his entire family destroyed, but he himself was the only one to this to, to survive. Another thing similar about the three that the commentaries point out is that all three of them also lived to see a consolation in the end. Not a complete consolation because what was destroyed and what was lost was lost. The suffering can never be changed. It happened. However, they did live to see something rebuild. Daniel lived to see the beginnings of the Second Temple. Noah lived to see the world start to get repopulated after the flood, and Eov did see the ability to finally rebuild his own family. So God specifically used this example here in Ezekiel of those three individuals because they are examples of refugees from a society that was destroyed, but also, as we shall see soon, small seeds of consolation small seeds of rebuilding for the future. Let's move on to chapter verse, um, verse 17 that had God had mentioned so far two plagues, animals and hunger. Or I will also bring, or should I also bring sword to the land, to that land, war, in addition to the suffering that I already mentioned, and I say, that sword should come to the land, that sword, that war, will cause death to both humans and animals. Again, once I let loose the plague in order to uproot the society, the destruction goes, is, is, it sounds indiscriminate. It is indiscriminate. Many innocent people, many innocent animals will die in this destruction. That is the nature of this destruction. It doesn't explain necessarily what, why that is fair, why that is okay, but it does, God tells us that that is how it is going to be. Again, repeating, even those three people that are in it, I swear, no Madonailim says God, they will not even save the children. They would only save themselves. In other words, innocent children will die and suffer because of the sins of the culture of the people. O Dever, or I can also send Dever, pestilence, disease, I will send to that land. A fourth plague, I will pour out my anger in blood, blood meaning illness in this particular context. Again, to cut off both humans and animals. Again, innocent animals. 
the Noach, Daniel, the Eov, and those three people that I mentioned, Noah, Daniel, and Job, Betocha, they are within it. Again, I swear, God says, in Bein and Batyatil, they will not even save the sons and the daughters. However, they can save themselves in their own righteousness. Whether or not they save themselves and their own families, certainly possible that is what happened in the case of Noah, of course. Daniel it was was uh, uh, was uh, a refugee and saved from the destruction of Jerusalem by himself as a child. Eov, um, of course, unfortunately, famously, his family did die. He did rebuild another family, but his family did die in the destruction. So th- these are the four plagues. If we look back at Jeremiah at the parallel chapter, verse two. God mentions again four plagues. People will say, "Where should we? Uh, what, what's going to happen to us?" God tells to Jeremiah, "This is what's going to happen." Those for death, for death; for sword, for sword; those for hunger, hunger; those into captivity, into captivity. Again, he lists four different punishments. It's not the exact same four as Ezekiel, but the same pattern. Moses and Samuel can no longer return the people, therefore these four sufferings you will suffer. Over here, this land is completely, it's impossible to save, therefore maybe some righteous people among it might get saved, but everyone else will suffer the four things. And again, verse 21, we'll hear about the four judgments. Again, so it says, God, Afki arba'at even um, my um, now that I have released or let loose upon the people my four judgments, sword, hunger, uh, uh, violent animals, and, and, and pestilence, plague, I send over Yerushalayim, even as I do that, which will kill both humans and animals, as I said, this is now verse 22, there will be left a remnant. There will be some refugees left. Some young sons, some young daughters. God is saving some of the children, some of the young ones, some of the innocent people will be saved. Not all, because many innocent will die, as we stated several times. They will come out to you. Remember, right now he's talking to the people that are in exile. Some will get saved from the destruction of Jerusalem and run as refugees to join their brethren that are already in exile in Babylon. And you will see what they do, the way they live, the corruptions that they bring along with them. But then by seeing something left, some remnant, you will have some consolation over the evil that I brought over Jerusalem. Over all this terrible thing that I have brought upon Jerusalem. Also, you will then understand when you see their ways, you will see and you will know when you talk to them. You will know how corrupt the people were and you will at least understand why this happened. They will give you comfort. When you see their ways, you see their excuses, you'll see and you'll understand what it was that happened. And then you will understand. I didn't do this for nothing. 
They will tell you, this is how we were, this is how we lived, this is what we did. And we didn't listen to the prophets, we didn't listen. And you will understand why this destruction happened. So says the Lord God. This concludes chapter 14. Looking forward to studying chapter 15 and the entire book of Ezekiel together with you. Thank you so much for participating.